Well, joining us today on Dakota Town Hall is Mr. David Owen. He is the president of the South Dakota uh, Chamber and Industry. He is also chairman of the No Way on A uh, political committee. Uh, so I guess we know what position you'll be taking on A. Um, I guess we'll start with just a bit of an opening statement. David, uh, what's the general thoughts um, on No Way on A? It's real important that voters are aware that there's two issues dealing with marijuana on this ballot. I am 26 is medical. Amendment A is recreational. The proponents of these, and the puns intended, are running a joint campaign <laughs> and are deceptively... <laughs> Sorry. No, that's great. <laughs> no, there's... This weed thing leads to uh, endless kinds of humor, most of which is bad, but I can't avoid it. Um, they're they're kind of deceptively suggesting that Amendment A is necessary to protect and has something to do with uh, medical. That's not true. Um, if if people are interested, in, and we're neutral on 26, both the Chamber and the No Way on A Committee, if people want medical, they can get medical without voting for A. A is recreational marijuana. A is letting every town license uh, apothecaries that will uh, deal with pot. Um, this is uh, one ounce to everybody 21 years of age or older. And By the way, that's 617,000 people. We don't think that recreational marijuana is a good thing for South Dakota. We're afraid we'll see increased use by young people. We're afraid we'll see an increase in accidental poisonings because Colorado, Washington, and other states have. And we know from a study AAA did that we're going to see an increase in people driving under the influence and an increase in fatal accidents. And our final point is there's no way this belongs in the Constitution. Tobacco and alcohol aren't in the Constitution. You put this in our state's founding document, if you want to change the one-ounce limit or the $100 fine for underage use, you have to do a vote of the people. The question of recreational marijuana is one to be left to the legislature, not put in the Constitution. Do you mind if I ask why, how um, how did how did this how did a get to be a constitutional amendment issue comparatively to an initiated measure or or another avenue to go? Well, this part of the campaign has been brought to us by an outfit called the Marijuana Policy Project uh, out of Massachusetts, and another outfit called um, New Approach out of Washington D.C. Um, they're interested in getting marijuana legalized across the country. Um, they have used the initiative process in all of the blue states, and this was their starting venture in kind of a red state. Um, so they've chosen a constitutional amendment after talking um, with some South Dakota folks over a myth that the legislature overturned IM-22. But, but they spent $989,000 getting signatures for A and then decided to reach across and help Melissa Mentley, who's been working on medical uh, for um, geez, a decade or more in South Dakota. That's when they came up with the joint campaign. <laughs> I know you don't mean it as a pun. It's just kind of funny every time you do it. And I don't mean to make oh, no. light of this. Obviously, some people take this as a very serious subject, and it, and every every issue, I think, is a serious subject. But 
Um, I, I, you know, I think one of the things, um, do you, do you feel as uh, the chairman of No Way on A and the, and the committee from No Way on A, it, um, you know, this has been on the ballot for years and years and years. And, and this, I think might be the first year where it seems like at least on social media polling of it all, there's, there's, there's some popular opinion behind this. This medical marijuana has been on South Dakota's ballot in recent times twice. I think 2004 or six, and then 2010. Yep, uh, 2004. Uh, I want to say it went down. It was a 52-48. Okay. Uh, and then I, I don't remember the numbers offhand of the of the 2010. I think you're right on the timing of it all, though. You know, I think the big difference in the 10 years between that vote and this one is the prevalence of people's experience with cancer. Sure, um, I can see that. We, we, did a, we did our message, you know, campaigns do polls. We did a poll in June. That poll said um, medical marijuana had massive support. And, and, and I asked Glenn Bolger, who is our pollster, I said, if we asked another question right behind that, do you, have you had cancer or do you know someone with cancer? I'll bet it matches 75%. My wife is a stomach cancer survivor. She had a couple of her doctors while she was throwing up 12 times a day suggest that if she could get some marijuana, that might help. She's an attorney. She's a member of the bar. She refused uh, to do that. But um, I think, um, you know, we've taken care of a lot of other ways that people get sick. So I think seizures and other things get more publicity. We're more aware of them. Uh, I think South Dakota is more ready than they were 10 years ago to embrace that. Yeah, I don't, which, I mean, which that, is why we're neutral. On it. it sure seems like that when you look at the landscape. But, I mean, you know, it's the landscape as it's, as it's, as it's read on social media it can be a little less accurate than uh, as, as you, you know, the ideology and the vitriol tends to change a little bit between the keyboard warriors and the voting booth. Yeah, and I, I don't want to overlook or give short shift to uh, the South Dakota State Medical Association that is opposed to me- both of these measures um, or law enforcement um, under a committee called No Need for Weed. I, I know the proponents did a uh, virtual press conference with a couple of retired state's attorneys and a retired cop. But, um, you know, oh, you're, please, you're please. leaning into my follow up. I appreciate that. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, I know that's good. We let's just get right into it. So, like, here, as a, as an interviewer who's trying to keep everything in the middle and ask these questions, this is one issue that is an interesting in, in the fact of, of this. Both sides will generally have competing facts contradicting each other's thoughts on youth use and law enforcement and and highway safety and tax revenue collection. Um, and, you know, this is one of those issues where I think both sides can take a group that agrees with it or a group that disagrees with it and go, see, here's our proof. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I just, I like that you agree with me on <laughs> I yeah, guess no, my follow-up question to that would be what, I mean, I, I want to press you on it a little bit. What makes the law enforcement who are against this necessarily more accurate than the law enforcement that are for it? Um, I don't is, know, uh, which I shouldn't uh, admit. Here's one distinction. I, I don't know 
of any active, still working law enforcement people that have supported it. Um, and, and the point they like to always make is we're wasting all this money on pot. Um, and, and our response from our campaign is then decriminalize it. Make it a, make it a misdemeanor. I mean, we, I, we would kind of agree that we overreact, but you don't have to turn the faucet completely on and, and flood the tub by making it legal when, when you can kind of decriminalize it. But look, there's no need for weed group which is a separate group, has the police chiefs, the state attorneys association, the fraternal order of police, and the narcotic cops um, have banded together to, to throw a flag on uh, caution for both of these measures, and the medical association doesn't think medical marijuana uh, is a good idea. Do you, um, have you guys weighed in on, you know, one of the things that the proponents will say is there's um, a lot of people who are costing money to the government that are in our prison system that are not necessarily violent offenders, and, and, and I don't know how much of that translates into South Dakota comparatively to national, um, but is that, and that's still, that's not a good enough argument to, to I mean, I, I mean I, I suppose you could say that's fine, decriminalize it. That's exactly our answer. And to be honest with you, we've tried to find some of the numbers. They, they claim 10% of the arrests are marijuana only. Um, I'm skeptical uh, of that number. Usually marijuana is combined with other uh, criminal uh, sanctions. But for the people that are marijuana only, uh, we, can, we can lessen the severity of that uh, charge and address most of what they uh, think is problematic. Um, you know, it's been something that has been easy to pick on um, our elected officials this year. But do you um, does the No Way on A um, committee have a have a position one way or the other on the hemp side of all of this? Not really, but you know, I, I like talking about it for this reason. Um, in in their campaign to try to get people to vote for both of these, uh, they talk about the legislature will never. Uh, agree to this. Well, the legislature came to the conclusion that, that hemp and CBD oil um, were a worthy endeavor in 2019, passed it, governor vetoed it, they worked in the interim. This process does work. Um, the governor put up four guardrails, her term, not ours, that said, look, if we're ready to do these four things to keep this thing from running out of control, yeah, let's do this. 2020 session legalizes um, agricultural hemp, legalizes CBD oil, and clears the way uh, for us to use the nutrition part uh, of some of those seeds, which is important to about four businesses in the state that are waiting um, to hire people and get to work. Let's talk about the dollars and cents of all this for a while. So the proponents of this and the people that are pushing it, they'll say that this is going to be a huge economic growth driver for South Dakota. What is the No Way on A's answer to that? It's garbage. <laughs> it's garbage. Would you yeah. care to expand on it that it's garbage? Well, yeah, it's uh, bad economics. Um, Marijuana is not going to bring dollars to the state. It's not going to increase the wealth of the state. It is going to give people one more place to spend money, but it's one more option with the money we have. So every dollar spent on marijuana is not a dollar that goes to a furniture 
store or goes goes to a movie. So all of those jobs that will be aggregated in the name of marijuana, and if rumors are true, snack food, um, <laughs> are going to be jobs that um, migrate from other industries in small numbers and, and not all that noticeable. Economies grow when, when dollars come to the state, when farmers sell product to strange places like New York City. When manufacturers sell out of state and across the world, those dollars come in and increase the wealth of South Dakota. Marijuana's not going to do that. Uh, you know, this is anecdotal at best, but this is just from me talking to some, some non-cannabis businesses, but and I, and again, this is, I, can't, I can't say this is taking, I mean, th- I don't know if this is an increase of money, but you know, some businesses in the hospitality industry in Colorado will say that they did see a noticeable increase in lodging and restaurants and, and that kind of stuff. But I, but I guess I can't say, you could be right, where it, I don't know if it was an overall net increase or not. Well, and <laughs> there will be a number of people who will come to South Dakota to, to get marijuana, just like some people are going to Colorado now. I'm not sure the Department of Tourism wants to use come get you know, bring all your pothead dough to South Dakota, and that's not going to be a significant part of. Uh, you don't think there's a bake, baked in front of the faces camp, <laughs> camp <laughs> campaign that's going to get rolled out? I don't know. It'd be kind of funny. Yeah, well, there, there's got to be something about get as high as the faces uh, in South Dakota that go. could work. But yeah, we'll leave that alone. Well, I guess if I mean the tax question is probably going to have a similar answer. You know, we see we see these numbers of the hundreds of millions, if not more, in other states over time. Um, uh, your argument would be still not a net gain necessarily in tax revenue. Uh, net gain, but perhaps small. Um, the track record is half the states that have done this have overestimated the tax revenue. Some of them underestimated the tax revenue. So let let's deal with numbers and be be fair to the. To the argument here, the fiscal note on this says that there will be $29 million four years from now uh, between the um, excise tax and the sales tax uh, generated. Um, the best estimate I've heard is the Department of Revenue will need 50 to 60 new employees, and so the benefit package and salary level of state government, that's going to take five, six, seven million right off the top. Uh, I know that there's increased social costs. Um, there are consequences uh, to having another legal intoxicant in the system. So that's going to diminish some. So I won't say that there is going to be no net revenue. I will say don't spend it till you see it, and it's not going to be the kind of number that's going to save schools or the general fund. Well, and I'll add this, just as this is not a neither here nor there for or against note on it all, but just from what from the little I know as for an information purposes for the listeners, one of the things I do think that is important if if let's say this does pass, um, you know, the legislature needs to really be able to then fund the regulation of it all with RFID chipping and the metric system and um, you know, those those are things that will be incredibly important if it does pass to keep it off the black market. Right. Um, and go ahead. Amendment A, to, to, to give them their due, Amendment A says first dollars pay for administration. But they act like that's going to be de minimis. I'm telling you, it's not. Let's talk, let's, let's switch to t- the, some of the testing and the safety back on this. One of the things I've heard, um, you know, your side or your camp, not your camp, but just the, the opposition for these, 
that the 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 testing on whether or not somebody is driving under the influence can be something that's hard to find or define. If you if you can stand one more pun, this kind of gets far into the weeds uh, on this issue. Um, but um, we don't have um, a test that proves that you're impaired by marijuana when you drink. There's a blood alcohol test, and there is a direct relationship the courts have upheld between the blood alcohol level and your ability to react and, and your ability to be defined as impaired and intoxicated. There's no test like that for marijuana. You can test for THC in the system with a blood test, but the problem with that is THC will stay in the system for days and, and maybe a week or more, uh, long after the impairment is gone. What, one of the issues we deal with in South Dakota now is people that go to Colorado have a great time with, you know, bongs, brownies, and gooby bears, <laughs> come back, um, and then trip uh, a THC test the next Friday um, long after they're impaired. But if you're a manufacturer with a federal contract, that employee has to go. And, and so as we move closer to legalizing marijuana, this issue of being able to test impairment is going to be huge. And it's one of the big flags uh, that, that I think about personally. It's not been a huge part of the campaign, but people ought to know you cannot test impairment uh, for marijuana. Well, and, I, and, and you know, I, I guess, this, I, again, it's not a for or against, but just, and this isn't even anecdotal, this is, this is, this is real life, although I keep the business unnamed at this point. Um, I have spoken with businesses that have changed their um, company policies years prior to this vote because they were having trouble finding employees in this specific category of business that, um, you know, it's not a high hourly wage. And they were having trouble, you know, people were failing drug tests and failing drug tests. So they changed the cannabis laws and their own testing to not include that. And then all of a sudden they found they did not have, they had far less trouble finding and keeping employees. Right. Now, that is, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to make that, that's the norm and that's not an argument. I'm trying to stay in the middle of this on both of you, but I do want to push back a little bit to say, is there a version of that that's true in your guys' eyes? One of the favorite quotes comes from my board members who said, look, you know, I can't find workers that can pass a drug test now. You make marijuana legal in the South Dakota, I'm not going to have a workforce. Um, you're, you're, the business you decided has some flexibility that many businesses don't, and, sure. and they decided we will ignore THC. Um, but, but like I mentioned, if you have the federal government as a client, there are a number of businesses uh, they don't. They can't do that. Uh, they can't just ignore THC. Is there uh, and, a... and more interest? Yeah, um, Nevada and uh, New York, I think, just passed laws that say businesses cannot refuse to hire somebody for flunking a THC test. So, as when the proponents say they're protecting employers' rights, I think they mean to. I don't think that's going to work over the course of the next couple of years. Is there an argument to all of this? You know, one of the things I think we're known for in 2020, given, um, you know, our, our political leanings in this state during during this year, which has obviously been pretty chaotic for everybody, is, you know, if we're the freedom state, we're the freedom state. Um, you know, the no way on Amendment A committee would say, fine, 
Um, you know, our argument is more about the Constitution and the consequences, but let's have the debate. Uh, that's why uh, we have a legislature, and we know the legislature um, can, can be fairly progressive. Um, one of the arguments that I'm having to bat down all the time um, that you may want to ask about is this myth that they repealed IM-22. So I, I would say if we're the freedom state and we want to express it with an, another intoxicant like marijuana, that's what should be left up to the legislature. There's no way it belongs in the Constitution. I do think, and I'll, and I, and I, you know, I plan on saying this to the to the opposition on this too. That that is a fair argument. I think if people are looking for reasons where they're okay with this, but there's just a, there's a level of of uh, voters that are that, uh, especially in a conservative state like ours, aren't interested in changing the constitution. I mean, they want to change it as little as possible. Right. Um, well, and there's look, there's a difference between medical. And recreational, thirty-three states have medical marijuana. Only eleven have tried it uh, to do it with uh, recreational. Sure. Well, and when you look at a map too, a lot of those are more neighbors of ours on the medical side than I think people realize. Right. Um, well, okay. We're going to interview Melissa um, from New Approach. Hopefully, I think uh, later this afternoon or tomorrow, we're going to post both of these up this weekend. Um, we'd like people to listen to both sides, and then if you have not cast your vote yet uh, uh, before Tuesday, then hopefully we can inform your decisions. This is David Owen. He is the uh, president of the South Dakota Chamber and Industry Association. He's also the chairman of No Way on A, and uh, he's a great interview, and I like talking to him every time I get to so far. So thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate giving a Friday afternoon to us. Well, thanks for uh, lending your listeners' ears to an important topic. This is the Dakota Town Hall Podcast. You can listen to all of uh, the episodes on uh, a lot of candidates and issues. Um, we still plan on getting uh, Amendment B through this weekend as well. Uh, we'll be interviewing Senator Mike Rounds on Monday afternoon. We'll be posting that right away. Um, Dusty and uh, his opponent Randy is also posted on live. So if you are still uh, wondering who you're going to vote for in your district in western South Dakota or in some of the U.S. races or some of these issues, uh, feel free to listen to all of the episodes. You can go to homesliceaudio.com or you can search Dakota Town Hall in your favorite podcast player. Thanks, David. I sure appreciate it. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed the interview. It was, uh, it was good and detailed, and I don't get to do that often. Thank you very much.